uh, we're going to go back to Romans 12 um, and starting in verse 9. And this section really from 9 to the end, uh, you know, I, I don't know what the lesson titled it, but I came up with something myself. Um, I come up with titles. I don't usually give them to anybody. I just use them to help myself keep track of things. But I, I had in there marks of a true Christian. You know, what's a true Christian life look like? Um, this isn't the only list or, or the only section like this, but um, this one's a good size one. I mean, now, if you're counting the words, it's not a whole lot of words in this section. You know, you can, uh, this many verses is usually a lot bigger on the page, but uh, these things, as you dig into them and think about them, uh, are not always easy. And some, uh, depending on each person, some things are easier for me and, and you struggle with and I don't. And then other things I struggle with and you don't. But, uh, you know, if you take it, a look at all of it together. Um, so we're going to dig a little deeper into this and look at it again. But Romans uh, 12, 9, let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. That dissimulation means counterfeit, false pretenses. Uh, you know, in talking about love, um, we are to show love not in this dissimulation, not in this counterfeit, but really the opposite would be sincere. You know, a sincere love, uh, that's what we need to show. Uh, and, you know, one of the things you think about this world is this world has a what I call a conditional love. They only love if they're going to get something in return. You know, whether it's a, uh, you know, different types of relationships, you see uh, the common thing right now, whether it's a marriage or uh, other type of relationship, you see people saying, hey, uh, I'm not getting what I want. I'm not being fulfilled. I'm not happy. Uh, so therefore, uh, I don't love this person anymore. Uh, and, and that's not the love that the Bible's talking about. The, you know, if you look at the love of Jesus Christ, it wasn't a fake love. It wasn't a conditional love. It was an unconditional love. Because you think about, he died for us when we had nothing to give. We have nothing to bring. Uh, and actually in the sermon uh, later this morning, we'll talk about that some more. But uh, that, that's the unconditional part of it. And when we are loving, when we are showing love, as a Christian, uh, I, you know, we need to show uh, a true, sincere love because you think about it, we are taking the gospel to this lost world, at least we're supposed to be doing that, uh, and living it out uh, as a Christian. You think about a Christian life begins with love. Uh, it continues with love and it's going to go, uh, love is all throughout it and it's a sincere love starting with Jesus Christ. So if we are going to proclaim that Jesus saved us, uh, that he changed us, uh, then we need to have the same genuine, sincere love, not the love of the world, not the conditional love, but the unconditional, true, not hypocritical love. Uh, and even that right there is difficult because you think about the opposite. If I, if I show a fake counterfeit love, somebody's going to realize it. They're going to realize it. And if I am counterfeit loving people, uh, and then I'm trying to say that Jesus truly loves you, they're not going to believe me. They're not going to believe my message of love. And again, uh, without love, we don't have a gospel. We don't have a salvation. Um, so that's an important part of it. Abhor, uh, you know, detest, 
Uh, stay away from that which is evil and then cleave to that which is good. Cling on to it. Hold on to it. Um, and that just that last part of the verse reminded me of Psalm 1. Uh, you know, you think of Psalm 1 as talking about, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the sea of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he should be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaves shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Uh, you know, and it, in that first part of it, you see that it's saying, Hey, don't you follow those evil things. Don't sit in the seat of the scornful. Don't, don't follow them. You uh, follow the Lord. Follow what is good. Uh, and again, like I said, you can already see in verse 1, uh, you may be okay with one part, but it's harder to do the other part. Verse 10, be kindly affectioned to one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. Now, this is not a suggestion. It's not a suggestion just to say, uh, if you want to, be kindly affectionate to one another. It says to do it. And uh, we need to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. And this, this is not the only place. It's all over the Bible talking about loving one another. Uh, and, and, and in one hand, you think, well, that, that's not too bad. I can, you know, I can love Bob. He's, he's easy to love. Well, what about the ones that aren't? You know, what about the extra grace required people, you know, where you, uh, you've had trouble uh, with them and different things? Uh, we can't have a cold attitude towards them. Uh, we need to show affection to them. Uh, now, here's the thing. If a brother or sister is straying from the truth or uh, we, they're living in sin, unrepentant, open sin, uh, then we've got to deal with those things in love according to the scriptures. But usually that's not the case. Usually it's the, those extra grace required maybe they've said something in the past or done something in the past that we didn't we didn't like and maybe we forgave them with our mouths but we didn't really forgive them you know we're uh, again we're showing them the cold shoulder if that's the case we are in the wrong not them we're in the wrong we have to deal and a lot of times we have to deal with ourselves. you know we have to we can't uh i can't fix everyone else but i can work on myself that's for sure uh you know i can take those things uh that god points out but we we uh and then it says in honor preferring one another not just respecting one another but speaking highly of one another you know a lot of times you get asked uh about somebody you know that you go to church with another christian person and and what do you lead with are you speaking highly or uh, a lot of times we do the opposite right when someone asks sometimes we lead with their faults you know we tell people here's what they do wrong here's the problem i have with them but the bible says we need to prefer each other uh and because here's the thing if you if you ask me about myself me about myself Am I going to lead with my faults? Probably not. I'm going to lead with the good parts, right? And that's what he's saying to do. Verse 11, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Uh, and, you know, I don't know if you've heard this, but I've heard it a lot at work over the years, especially the last decade, I would say it really started getting popular. But 
uh, work-life balance. Have you heard that? Have you heard people use that term? Uh, and what they're saying is, you know, you, uh, you've got to work on your career, you've got to work at your job, uh, but it, you can't take up all the time and energy for your family. And a lot of times companies would say work-life balance, but then they wouldn't change work schedules or anything like that. You know, so somehow you had to figure it out and they acted like they were more caring. Again, that's the more counterfeit versus real. Uh, but, you know, the world talks about how hard this is to do. It is hard, isn't it? It's hard uh, to balance work and home. Uh, but for the Christian, it's even harder because we have a not just a work-life balance, but a work-life serve balance, right? We serve the Lord on top of that. So it's kind of a three instead of balancing two plates, you're balancing three spinning plates. But uh, uh, the verse tells us not to be slothful in business, not to be lazy, to do things diligently, uh, whether we're working for an employer or whether you have your own business uh, or even the business of the church. He's saying not to be lazy about it, but to be diligent about it. Uh, and, and you think about um, Here's the thing. Have you uh, think about things you've been uh, kind of undiligent about or non-diligent, whatever you say, uh, things you haven't done your diligence with. Well, what happens, right? You can get problems. You can have uh, things. But he says fervent in spirit, earnest, boiling over, hot. Uh, that's the spirit that we should have in serving the Lord. Uh, so, you know, you put those things together and he's talking about a balance. He says, hey, you can't forsake work. Uh, uh, to serve the Lord and you can't uh, and, and vice versa you can't forsake either of them he says you can do them both uh, and you can do them fervently and you can do them diligently uh, all at the same time uh, and what's here or what's not here but throughout the Bible is we still have other responsibilities right if you're a uh, if you're a father or a, or a husband, you've got to take care of your home. You know, uh, a mother, wife, they have duties and responsibilities uh, uh, and different things. We have to take care of children. We can't uh, forsake our family to build a career. I mean, I'm sure you've seen people do that, right? They build the career. They forsake the family. Uh, and then here's the thing. You can't forsake serving the Lord for your family either. I've seen that. I've seen where uh, people have tried to do that. But it's a balance. And it's a hard balance. And it's not an easy thing. And what happens is we tend to uh, kind of wobble in one direction or another. Uh, and the best verse that I have comes from Jesus uh, Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You put the Lord first, you focus on him, he will help you balance work, he'll help you balance the home, he'll help you balance uh, uh, serving him, uh, your career, your all of these things, your whole life, he will help you to put all of it together and uh, I'll tell you what, I have seen this over and over in my life. When I've put him first, things just tend to work out. And then when I start to lean towards something else and put that first, I've noticed something uh, that all three suffer. You know, that work, uh, life, serving, balance, 
Isn't that what happens? You start to focus on work a little bit instead of the Lord. And I've noticed that uh, that what happens at work gets worse. What happens at home gets worse. And the servant gets forsaken and different things like that. Uh, The Bible just says, seek him first, trust him. Uh, If you've never tried it, it definitely works. I can say that in my life. Now, I wish I could tell you I've learned my lesson, but I, uh, I tend to be stubborn and go try it again every once in a while. But verse 12, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. You know, when it says rejoicing in hope, we as a Christian, our future is far better than anything today, anything we've ever had in the past in our lives, anything going on or you think is going on. uh, Our hope that we have is real. Our future uh, is a a wonderful future, a great life. We're having a better life now, saved than we were lost, but an even better life is yet to come. And this should cause us to rejoice. And should cause us to rejoice because we think about Jesus Christ after dying for us, after raising from the dead, uh, after ascending back up into heaven, said he'd gone away to prepare a place for us. And he said he's coming again. That's something we can rejoice in over and over again. But right next to rejoicing, what's he say? Patient and tribulation, right? Well, that's a lot of times where we need to remember our future hope. You're going through trials and tribulations. And some people say, man, I, uh, I wish I could get out of all of that. I, but Jesus said, John 16, in the world, ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You know, we, tribulation will come. Uh, We will go through trials, some short, some long, uh, but we cannot give up, amen? We can't give up. When it gets hard, we've got to cling to the Lord, cling to his word, pray to him continually. That's the next part, continuing instant in prayer. Uh, And and that is the key. And again, uh, this verse, you could memorize this easily. You could really, I mean, it's just a quick, you know, just handful of words, but think of how hard that is to do all the time. I can rejoice in hope when things are going all right pretty easily, but in tribulation, am I patient and still rejoicing and still praying? That's the harder part. I will say this, patient in tribulation doesn't mean being a doormat, uh, but it means uh, in our trials, we have to be active, I believe, in enduring. I think some people think I'm going to get, I'm in this trial. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to sit and I'm going to wait until it's over and not really do anything. Uh, And and I'll tell you, that's a recipe for disaster. That will lead to depression. Uh, That will lead to despair. I've seen it over and over again, experienced it in my life. If you just sit uh, and wait, that is not what God's called us to do. He has called us that patience and tribulation is, is getting, is praying, uh, is leaning on other brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, getting into his word, clinging to those precious promises. That's how we continue through whenever times get tough. That's how we get through trials. We we can't just sit and wait. Uh, We've got to be active in that. And then 13, distributing to the necessity of the saints, given the hospitality. And, And here's the thing, when brothers and sisters in Christ are in need, we need to help them. You know, the church needs to help them. Uh, and again, it's helping their needs. It says necessity. Uh, and I'm glad our church, we have been able to freely give 
uh, to different ones in need over the years. And we, we're, con- we're going to continue in that. And one of the things you have to do uh, is you can't, you know, we also want to expand. We've got bigger plans uh, and different things for the future, but we can't have ourselves so strapped that we can't uh, help anybody anymore. We can't support missions. So again, uh, what I see in, uh, many times is, again, it's a balance. It's a necessity. Now, I will say on the flip side, uh, we are going to do our due diligence, right? We're not going to be slothful uh, when someone comes in and asks for money. Uh, you know, I think I think they've learned after a while that you come in here, uh, you're going to get questioned. You know, there's uh, uh, that's just all there is to it. Uh, and, you know, I can't turn it off. So, I mean, it's what I do at work. So if you start, you know, you try to scam us, I mean, good luck. But uh it's not going to work. But given the hospitality, not only opening up our homes, I feel like that's what you think about right off the bat, uh, but also not just opening up to people that are coming, but inviting people and fellowship and things like that, coming together uh, and fellowship. It also means entertaining strangers. Uh, and I believe when they come to the church, if someone uh, is visiting, especially the first time, but any time, uh, we need to show them love. And I, I, we do. We, I've seen, uh, you know, I've been in churches before, there for a while, uh, you know, with the pilgrims and different things. I've visited different churches and preaching. Uh, and you'd go into a brand new one where you didn't really know hardly anybody. Uh, and, you know, it, there was a wide range of whether people were welcoming or whether they're looking at you, especially if you sat in somebody's pew, that can get awkward at time or two, but I'm glad that we're not like that. Uh, I've done that. I've sat in somebody's pew and, you know, had to move over, but, uh, um, but given the hospitality, just opening up. uh, And one thing that can help me that a lot of you guys are good at uh, is when someone new comes into the church, make sure you remember their name because I'm going to forget it. And that way I can come to you and you can remind me of it. But uh, uh, I, I'm glad that God's sending people our way. You know, you think about we're not, there's not a whole lot of people that live around here. Now we're on a, a, a more main road, but, you know, I, a lot of times people have found us online and then have come to visit. So uh, I'm thankful for that. We need to invite people in. Uh, into the church, into our homes, uh, show hospitality, uh, and just show them love and and make them want to feel at home and want to come back. You mentioned the number of people that come here that have some kind of need and they just stopped in here. Well, we usually have them here for a service and then afterwards. Yeah. Okay, you need some gas money, yep. you need whatever, a meal or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, we'll try to help them. Yeah. And we'll go out of our way to help oh, them. Oh, yeah. But they do come here for a church service, too. Mm-hmm. They don't just, you know, in and out the door, yeah. here's the money, goodbye. Yeah, and if they listen to. If they sit and listen to an entire service, I'll fill up their gas tank for that, you know, because they've heard the truth. You know, they've heard, um, yeah, that's true. Verse 14, bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. Um, and then, you know, you think about, you could just ask yourself on this verse, how do I bless somebody that's persecuting me? How do I do this? How do you even do that? Uh, and one thing we, the verse makes clear 
is we don't respond with the same anger uh, that they're giving, you know, that, that that's coming from them. And that is, this is super hard. You know, this is one of those verses, again, some people can just brush it off. Others of us cannot. We start to get red-faced and different things. But one of the things I have found that's been most successful for me is start praying for them. You know, we pray for those, uh, you know, because one thing God has taught me uh, is that your enemy could become a brother and sister in Christ. And, uh, you know, the way that that happens is through things like this. You know, they're persecuting us. They're wrongfully uh, accusing us. Different things are happening. We need to pray for them. And it's hard. It's it's not easy to pray for somebody that's hurting you. Uh, you know, we want, we want to say, God, uh, get rid of them. And really, we need God soften their heart. Because I've said a lot of times when... There are a lot of people when they get close uh, to coming to Christ, they get angry, you know, and some people say, well, I, you know, they get frustrated when they've been witnessing to a friend or a family member, then that family member starts to get a little angry with them. And I remind them, I say, sometimes that's a good thing sometimes, because listen, if we are living the Christian life, if we, if the love of God is in us, if we are living righteously, and not perfectly, but we're living a righteous life. We are an example uh, of what the Bible's talking about. And when they see us and when they're around us, sometimes the anger is just the mere conviction that they're getting that they're around us. You know, and that is not something that we can change. It is a good thing. It's a good thing that somebody looks at us and sees something different. Because if they see something different, then, uh, you know, when God softens their heart, we can introduce them to how they can be different too. You know, we can show them that. Many people are going through issues uh, that we don't know about. They take it out on other people and they can definitely use our prayers uh, instead of, uh, you know, the tongue lashing or whatever. But 17, we're going to skip down because they kind of go together. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. Recompense means to repay. And he's saying, don't you respond with evil by more evil. You know, that's what he's not saying. When something evil is happening, don't uh, return that. Matthew 5, 43 and 44, this is Jesus. Ye have heard it hath been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Again, easy verses to read, hard to put in practice. Uh, and really, by the time you get... I mean, to this point and really to the end of it, you can see that this list goes against human nature. This list goes against uh, what society is doing, you know, from the world loving themselves more than loving others. Uh, what's the world say? Put your needs before everyone else. Uh, the, this world has no real hope in the future. This world lives for today. Uh, but in this list, we are seeing the opposite all the way across from the world. And then when you get to that and think about, I'm supposed to be doing all of these things every day. Again, it's the mark of a Christian. You realize pretty quickly that it's impossible. It is impossible to do these things on our own. 
15, rejoice with them that do rejoice, weep the, with them that weep, uh, be of the same mind one toward another, uh, mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate, be not wise in your own conceits. Uh, we are to be excited, just as excited uh, if we hear somebody get saved at another church as somebody getting saved here. Uh, that is a spiritual victory that we should, uh, that should bless us. Uh, and when that doesn't happen, when you, uh, when you get angry about a, uh, a spiritual victory in another church, that is a sign of a real problem. And a lot of times uh, it's jealousy uh, or pride. Uh, and here's the thing. Those things lead to more sin if you don't put them in check. Uh, and then weep with them that weep. If we genuinely love one another, we're going to keep track of one another. We're going to talk with one another. We're going to realize when one of our brothers and sisters are hurting and we're going to hurt with them. Now, the thing you don't do is say, I understand what you're going through. You know, that's pretty easy because, you know, we can't experience the same pain and we don't need to, but we can encourage, we can pray for people, we can help people uh, to not quit. Be, what, be not wise in your own conceits. Uh, stop. Uh, stop being wise in your own opinions, right? Your own imagined things, your own self-flattery. Uh, instead of what's in my head, uh, it, I need to seek the wisdom of God and the Bible and asking God uh, to help me with it and live through it, uh, those things. And then, uh, let's see. One of the verses I love is 18. Um, it says, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. And again, this is the goal. It's not always possible. That's why it says if it be possible. This is the goal for us in our life. And I think this is overarching. You know, a lot of times people have different ideas about how we handle things that we don't agree with. Uh, and handle people that we don't agree with. But it's clear right here in this verse, our goal is not to start a revolution. Our goal is not uh, to riot everything else. Our goal is to live peaceably. Why? Because our goal is to get the gospel out. And if we can't live peaceably with those around us, we can't get the gospel out to those people. Anything... Anything that puts us into someone looking, if someone looks at our church and we are the, uh, you know, make something up. We're the church uh, of people that don't like the color red. And if we're that church, then anyone likes the, that likes the color red is going to say, I'm not going to that church because they won't accept me. They won't, you know, and that's just an extreme example. But I've seen it with politics. You know, you point you one party versus another party. Uh, and, and if we hold to one party, uh, then people aren't going to want to come in here. If we're the church that is so pro-Second Amendment, and I'm not saying that we believe that way. I'm saying we put it on the sign and on our website and everything else then people that don't have the same ideas about guns, they're not going to want to hear us. And that's the problem. We, uh, we are not to restrict the groups that get the gospel. We are to get it out to all people. But again, if it be possible, we're not, 
Not everyone's going to listen. Not everyone's going to get along with us. Satan will use people, and he has put a hatred that some people just cannot stand the fact that there's a church, the fact that we uh, are able to collect money and get a tax exemption. You know, all these things, they are just, they are livid about all these things. We can't get along with them. But many people, we can. We can get along peaceably. And I think that's why sometimes a lot of these other issues in your personal life, yes, you can, you know, you can um, support them, obviously vote for them and different things like that. But I am not throwing a banner out at this church because it divides and, and it prevents people uh, and other things. And I think we're on the same page because, again, you know, our, we're trying to get this uh, get the world uh, to, to Jesus Christ. And then a lot of times, once they come to Christ, they'll be changed from the inside out. And a lot of these views will change, you know. So, all right, I've talked a lot. Does anyone, anything from this? He talks about in the final part, vengeance um and this uh this would be difficult too um you know some of the more extreme examples if somebody did something to your family you know you would want to you would want vengeance you would want to uh if you had a chance you would want to do that but the lord says i will repay you know um i have that underlined in my bible he says i will repay and for those of us that go against God, go against Jesus Christ, and never repent, uh, there he will repay. I don't know what that exactly looks like, but nobody is going to get away uh, with the things that it seems like they're getting away with. You know, dictators may seem to get away with things all their life, uh, commit suicide before they're caught and justice is brought, and, and people get frustrated about that. The Lord says, I will repay. You know, he will take care of it. Well, in my lifetime, <clears throat> when I was younger, I've had four separate friends get murdered. Two of them were by the same guy, and two were stabbed to death. One was shot and one was strangled. And I couldn't imagine going through that yeah. for a loved one yeah and i would want probably vengeance yeah. on the people that did this stuff it would not be easy to yeah. walk away and say let justice be served yeah well and that's when you go back to um and actually from the passage of the use this morning it has in it uh with men these things are impossible yeah. but with god all things are possible so all right <clears throat>